0: Hello, my name is Dr Kira Meehan and I lecture on Irish history at University College Dublin. Today I'm going to talk about Fine Gael's Declan Costello and the reasons why he formulated his Just Society document in the mid-1960s. This research is taken from a forthcoming book on the same topic. In June 2011, Declan Costello passed away. The Irish Times noted that his name was revered within Finnegal, but that his proposal for the creation of a Just Society was fiercely resisted when proposed in 1964. A member of the Fine Gael front bench from 1957 and son of former Taoiseach John A. Costello, Declan Costello put before his party in April 1964 a set of proposals that he was convinced were, in his words, the right ones for the country. His eight-point plan was intended to form the basis of a blueprint for a new Ireland in which freedom and equality of opportunity would be guaranteed. Developed and published as the Finegal Manifesto for the 1965 general election. Towards a Just Society was a direct response to numerous problems in society at the time. And though it remained an untested document, largely due to difficulties within Finegal itself, the content made an important contribution to political discourse. That Costello championed the cause of social justice is perhaps surprising, given his privileged background. However, as historian John A. Murphy has pointed out, Costello and his like-minded supporters were very much children of their generation with intense social concern. First elected to the Dáil at the age of 25 at the 1951 general election, Costello initially represented the working-class constituency of Dublin Northwest. There, he witnessed the effects of relative poverty, unemployment, and emigration, problems that were replicated across the country. He recalled There, he saw the reality of life, the reality of Dublin small homes, three bedrooms, with 19 people living in them. As a response, Costello drafted an eight point plan that he hoped would form the basis for new policies that would transform Irish society. He advocated economic planning, a ministry for economic affairs, government control of the bank's credit policies, investment in industry and price control. He also proposed to reverse the government's policy of reducing social capital investment and the preference for indirect as against direct taxation. Costello faced a challenge, however. Fine Gael, as minutes of meetings of the parliamentary party from the 1950s and into the 1960s reveal, placed little emphasis on policy formulation. Shifts in electoral dynamics and not policy had previously propelled Fine Gael into government. Fatigue or dissatisfaction with the Fianna Fáil government was an electoral asset to Fine Gael, and the party was thus cautious of setting out its ideas too clearly at the risk of alienating floating voters or those dissatisfied with the incumbents. Finnegel, of course, was also a Conservative party, to the extent that Costello had actually contemplated leaving to join Labour, but was persuaded to give the party a chance to consider his proposals. Aware, though, that his views were not shared by the majority of the front bench, he breached protocol and circulated his proposals to the entirety of the parliamentary party. The discussion began on the twenty seventh of April nineteen sixty four and took place over four meetings. The strongest opposition came from Gerard Sweetman, TD for Kildare and former Minister for Finance in the second inter-party government. Deeply conservative, his was arguably the strongest voice on the front bench. However, Costello was fortunate to have the backing of two key members. At 75, Patrick McGilligan had been a TD since first taking his seat at a by-election in 1923. He was one of the most influential members of the party and was considered to have some sway over party leader James Dillon. Though Dillon did not necessarily share McGilligan's views, he considered his intervention to have been of priceless value nonetheless. Also supporting Costello was Liam Cosgrave. This was a largely pragmatic decision. Though only 44, Cosgrave was one of the longest serving members of Fine Gael. Having been in Leinster House for over 21 years, he had sat on the government benches for only six of those years. And he arguably saw the document as an opportunity to challenge the dominance of Fianna Fáil and to effectively move Fine Gael onto the government benches. Ultimately, a compromise driven by Sweetman was reached that saw some amendments to the original eight-point plan and the inclusion of a new nine-point that catered for the agricultural community, a key sector for Fine Gael. In theory the document was then sent to the party's policy committee chaired by Liam Cosgrave. The reality however was that the majority of the drafting was conducted by Costello assisted by some supporters including Gard FitzGerald at his home. Despite Ireland's economic recovery in the late 1950s overseen by TK Whitaker and Sean Lemass progress had not been all-encompassing. By 1963, Lamas admitted that inequalities and distortions have emerged or widened. It was these social ills that Costello summed up in Towards a Just Society, published 2 years later in 1965. As he put it, too many are unemployed and are forced to emigrate. Too many are employed at miserably low wages and salaries. Too many have only a small income or pension. Many survive on a bare subsistence from a small farm. Many are kept just above starvation level, but nothing more, by the inadequate social welfare payments they receive. Many live in squalor and appallingly overcrowded conditions. Towards a Just Society outlined Costello's proposals on how he would remedy these social ills. Central to the document was the argument that equality of social and economic opportunities did not exist in Ireland, as the nurturing of productive investment to stimulate the economy had taken precedence over social reform. While acknowledging that no government can abolish all the hardships and difficulties of life, Costello argued that many avoidable ones exist in present-day Ireland. This could only be rectified with a bold and vigorous programme of economic and social reform. In many ways, Costello's Just Society was a document of its time. Many of the proposals were part of this newly emerging discourse that re-evaluated the role of the state and its duty towards its citizens. At the time that he was formulating his ideas, a shift in thinking about the role of the state was occurring internationally. But it wasn't confined just to politicians and policy makers. The church was also beginning to reconsider the responsibilities of government. So this shift in thinking was very much apparent in Costello's proposals on education, the health service, mental disabilities, the care of children in institutions and the treatment of young offenders, for example. His health policies included an extension of existing services and a choice of doctor for all. Similar policies were later advocated in Fianna Fáil's 1966 white paper on health. Costello observed that mentally handicapped children constituted one of the gravest social problems existing in the country. Catered for in adult mental hospitals, there was no data to indicate the number of children in need of care in the country, and Costello was particularly critical of this. Similar criticisms were later made in a report on mental illness. The inclusion of a section on youth reflected a growing attention paid to youth policy in the 1960s, a consequence of an increase in the 15-24 to 24 age category in Ireland, but also influenced by the publication of the Youth Service in England and Wales report in Britain in 1960. Quoting from that report in Towards a Just Society, Costello advocated more trained professional leaders to supplement and assist voluntary workers and more money to finance suitable premises and equipment. He was also heavily critical of what would come to be one of the most damning indictments of modern Ireland. The housing of children in institutions has had a long and problematic history. He pointed out that of the 3,405 children in industrial schools in Ireland in 1964, very few were actually criminal offenders. Although he suggested that the majority were in fact either orphaned or non school attenders, his observations were in line with the findings in Mary Rafferty and Ona Sullivan's devastating study of Irish industrial schools, which found that most children were there because their families were destitute. Now, Costello was not progressive in the sense that he did not argue for the closure of the institutions or for providing state funding uh, for troubled families. Rather, he advocated better facilities and the availability of adequate substitutes where the family fails. He did, however, propose psychiatric and aftercare services, recommendations later made in the 1966 report by the Commission of Inquiry on Mental Illness. He was especially critical of the reformatories for child offenders, singling out St Patrick's Institution and Marlborough House. He advocated a shift away from detention centres to training or rehabilitation units with a proper aftercare service. The proposals outlined by Costello were part of a broader series of narratives that explored the treatment of the young offender, which ultimately led Dunnock O'Malley, Minister for Education in the Fianna Fáil Government, to appoint the committee that ultimately produced the Kennedy Report in 1970. Described as a watershed in terms of child care policy, that report focused on supporting families and communities rather than removing children to institutions. The Just Society remained, however, an untested document. Fine Gael twice campaigned on the concept at general elections. In 1965 on the theme of Towards a Just Society and again in 1969 under the banner of winning true to a just society. But on both occasions, the party remained on the opposition benches. From the outset, Costello had struggled to have the policy accepted. The launch for the election was a disaster. Limited copies of the manifesto were hurriedly typed up, and requests for copies far exceeded those which were made available. John Healy, the Irish Times columnist who wrote under the pen name of Backbencher, caustically wondered how a party seemingly incapable of organising its own press conference could possibly run a country. More injurious, however, was the speech delivered by party leader James Dillon in front of the assembled journalists, the Finegal leader declared we shall rely on private enterprise, we are a private enterprise party. In two short sentences he contradicted the content of a manifesto that promoted greater state involvement. Additionally his statement strongly suggested that his party was not united on the new direction in which it was moving. Terms such as rift and crisis now crept into newspaper headlines. And candidates spent much of the campaign fending off the charge that the party did not stand united behind its own policy, and this did little to inspire confidence among a key section of the electorate, the floating voters. Finegal also suffered from the short lead in time. La massa called the 1965 election early, and as Costello and his supporters were still drafting the manifesto, there was no time to build momentum behind it. That Finegill used few advertisements in regional newspapers based on the theme of the Just Society did not help. But it should also be noted that Finegill's prospects for forming a government and therefore the opportunity to implement the terms of the Just Society were severely hampered by the Labour Party, which maintained an anti coalition stance throughout the 1960s. The position gave credence to the Fianna Fáil argument that there was no viable alternative to the incumbent, as Fine Gael was not strong enough to form a single-party government. Costello publicly announced his retirement in 1967, despite the best efforts of his supporters to persuade him otherwise. His decision was guided by a mix of personal and family reasons and disillusionment. Commentators of the day suggested that the Just Society might have stood a better chance if Costello had been in a stronger position, one that could only have been achieved by successfully challenging Liam Cosgrave's leadership. Once at the helm of Fine Gael, he would have been better able to direct party opinion. It remains to be seen, however, how the conservative elements of the party would have responded to or indeed accepted his leadership. But Costello was not a leader in waiting. It is unlikely that he would have wanted, much less had allowed himself to be thrust into that position. However, if the Just Society was to be developed, it had to be driven from the top. Though Costello had had help formulating the Towards a Just Society manifesto, it was essentially the work of his hand. Without its author, the concept was like a ship without its captain. For all its flaws and the problems encountered in developing it, Costello's document is worth recalling as a case study for social policy formulation. Though it remained an untested document, it did make an important contribution to wider discourse, which saw many of the areas identified as problematic being legislated for at a later stage. The central message also remains important. As Michael Sweetman, a supporter of the Just Society who contested Declan Costello's old seat in 1969, articulated, social reform and social progress are not luxuries which we must wait for until economic development has reached a certain point.